Good afternoon, this is Pamela, and you're listening to Watchmen on the Pod. We're going to continue with the book reading that the Lord gave me, oh, many, many years ago, and we are in chapter 4. Woman, behold thy son. I will be speaking today on the third saying of the cross, of Christ on the cross. This cry represents family and Jesus' duty as the firstborn son to take care of his earthly mother, Mary. I believe Mary was a widow, since there is no mention of Joseph after Jesus was 12 years old, so all responsibility would meant, would have went to the firstborn son, and that son was Jesus. It was his duty to provide, take care, and aid in spiritual needs of his mother. And now, as his earthly ministry was ending, he made provisions for his mother by giving his disciple, John, the responsibility of taking care of her as his own mother. Now, let's go to our scriptures. I'll be starting with the scriptures on Mary as the earthly mother of Jesus. That's in Luke Let's go to chapter 1. I've got to go to it. Luke chapter 1. We're going to start in 28. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee, shall be called the Son of God. Praise God. Isn't that exciting? All right, let me see. i got to go back over here. Um, if you hop down to, uh, let's see, shall be called the Son of God. Oh, I'm sorry. I went too fast. I went too far. <laughs> too far. Here we go. Um, and behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Praise God. Now in Luke one forty six uh four and forty seven and Mary said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Saviour. Luke chapter two verse eighteen through nineteen and all they that heard it wondered at these things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things 
and pondered them in her heart. She didn't have loose lips, brothers and sisters. She sure did not. Luke chapter 2, 34 through 35. And Simeon blessed him and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Let me go to Luke. I mean, got to go there because sometimes I just don't think I typed that right. So I got to go and just recheck because, like I said before, I didn't know how to copy and paste back then. And so uh, there's Annas, the prophet, Simon. Let's see. Let me read it again. Chapter 2 in Luke. Verse 34, And Simeon blessed him and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Okay, so I just want to make sure I had read that correctly. Verse 51, And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. John chapter 2, 3 through 4, And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. Beginning of the separation process of Jesus and earthly ties to his mother, he always refers to her as woman. Not disrespectful at all, but in love and compassion. To call someone woman in that culture of that day, it was looked upon as great respect and loving affection. He purposely avoided calling her mother because he was her savior and Lord, and that is how she must relate to him. She became a devoted and faithful servant of him and followed and ministered unto him. Here we see that bloodline didn't mean automatic salvation. In Luke chapter 8, turn to Luke chapter 8. Ah, oh, see. Let me get it right here. I'm sorry, brothers and sisters. Chapter 8, verses 19 through 21. My computer don't want to act right. Hold on just one minute. I don't know what's going on here. 19. Then came to him his mother and his brethren, and could not come at him for the press. And it was told by... It was told him by certain which said, Thy mother and thy brethren stand without desiring to see thee. And he answered and said unto them, My mother and my brethren are these which hear the word of God and do it. Mark 3.35 chapter 3 verse 35 for whosoever shall do the will of God the same is my brother and my sister and mother those who do the will of God and keep his commandments are the family of God Matthew chapter 10 verse 37 he that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me and he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me 
Then we go to Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the earth, upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Ephesians chapter 6, 1 through 3 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Colossians chapter 3 verse 20 says, Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Here we see the significance of Jesus' coat and undergarment. Leviticus chapter 21 verse 10. And he that is the high priest among his brethren upon whose head the anointing oil was poured and that is consecrated to put on the garments shall not uncover his head nor rend his clothes. Psalms 22:18 says they parted my garment among them and cast lots upon my vesture. Hebrews chapter 8 verse 1 says now the things which we have spoken this is the sum we have such an high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens now illustrated bible dictionary of the bible by herbert lockyer senior page 312 tunic the tunic was a long piece of cloth folded in half with holes for the arms and head, also known as the inner garment. It was worn under the mantle or outer garment. The tunic was generally made of leather, hair cloth, wool, or linen. Jesus' tunic at the cross was from one piece of cloth since it had no seam. Women as well as men wore a tunic, often blue in color. This is important. Other words for tunic used by various English translation translators are coat and shirt. It was the tradition that a Jewish mother would make a tunic for her eldest son upon leaving the home. Now, let's go to the foot of the cross. John chapter 19. I'm going to go to the Bible, just in case I misspelled something. Chapter 19, verses 23 through 27. Chapter 19. Oh, this is John. 19. There we go. 23, John 19, 23. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts to every soldier apart, and also his coat. Now the coat was without seam, woven from the top throughout. They said, therefore, among themselves, let us not rend it, but cast lots for it. Whose it shall be, that the scripture might be fulfilled, which saith, they parted my raiment among them, and for my vesture, they did cast lots. These things, therefore, the soldiers did. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Cleophas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw, therefore, saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Then saith to then saith he to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour that disciple took her unto his own home. Wow. 
That's something else. History tells us that it was a custom of a Jewish mother to make her son an undergarment when it was time for the son to move out. According to history, Mary made Jesus an undergarment, though the word does not state that she was the one that had given him this. I myself believe that she did for numerous reasons. We see that immediately before he saw Mary, the soldiers gambled for his undergarment. We know that it was a fulfillment of prophecy from Psalm 22. And also, according to God's law, this could not be rent or torn if he was a high priest. Mary knew before she conceived her son that he would be the son of the highest and that he would be a king of the king. The shepherds let all know that he would be the savior. Then, when they went to dedicate him according to the law of Moses, the prophetess Anna spoke of him as the Redeemer of Israel. The high priest was the intercessor for Israel and God and God and redeemed Israel by the blood of animals. Mary knew who Jesus was, and I believe she made this undergarment with much love and with those thoughts she kept in her heart. This garment was worth something if not the soldiers would have torn it and separated it. There are some today that use this garment as a means of preaching a prosperity gospel. Sadly, I believe they missed the entire point of this piece of clothing and have commercialized it, therefore have become blind to the truth of it. Some preachers claim that Jesus was rich while on this earth and they prove it by this piece of clothing. I find it sad and heartbreaking to say the least that they missed it all together. Is it possible this is what drew the attention of the Savior to his mother? I can't say for certain, but if she did make this for him, it would have been something very dear to his heart. Chuck, why not? She's been there all along, watching and weeping. Why hasn't he acknowledged or spoken to her? His outer garment were insignificant, but when they touched the tunic, they touched something very dear to his heart, the garment made for him by his mother. And that's in his book, The Darkness and the Dawn, pages 153 to 154. Jesus knew John would be stable and be a protective covering for his mother. John knew who Jesus was, while his own brothers were not convinced and were wishy-washy, so to speak. When Jesus did see his mother standing by, and the disciple he loved standing by, he heard his mother and also fulfilled the last part of his duty as the firstborn son, and that was to take care of and provide for her. It was the duty of the firstborn and part of the birthright to provide and take care of their mother if their father passed away, which I stated earlier, I believe Joseph had passed away. This in itself is amazing because we know that Mary had other children, sons and daughters, but Jesus gave this commission to John. In that day, a man's dying wish were like a written will and with witnesses all around, Hold on one minute. I have a phone call. Just one minute, brothers and sisters. Okay, let me just go back and read just a little bit that I had already started. Okay. In that day, <clears throat> a man's dying wishes were like a written will. And with witnesses all around, it was binding. John didn't argue. John, from that day forward, took her in his care. That is astonishing, not to mention sacrificial love. Also, Jesus was fulfilling the fifth commandment. He always thought of others even while taking his last agonizing breaths. I simply cannot comprehend it in my mind, this kind of love. We see once again he calls her woman and not mother. 
I believe this was to re oh hold on one minute okay I'm back hopefully we will not have any more interruptions I can't promise you I wish I could but I can't promise you okay let's see. I'm just gonna start here again we see once again he calls her woman and not mother I believe this was to reinforce to her that all earthly ties are now severed and he is to always be referred to as Lord and Savior. I also believe that Jesus knew what would happen within the Roman Catholic Church as well as with the Islamic religion and that they would lift Mary higher than God intended. By him referring to her as woman and not mother, I believe he was protecting her and making a statement that speaks loudly if you read the word. Jesus is the Son of God, and Mary was his earthly mother who needed the Savior as much as you and I. Mary is not to be worshipped. Mary cannot redeem anyone. Mary is not the Queen of Heaven. Mary does not intercede on our behalf. Mary was chosen yes of God and she is blessed amongst women but God found a humble Jewish virgin girl and he ordained her and called upon to fulfill his word she's not the mother of God brothers and sisters she's the mother of the earthly Jesus the man Jesus Mary is not a co-redemptress. She's not divine. She was a humble vessel used by God to bring forth Jesus Christ, God incarnate. Praise God. Thank you. Okay. We know that she was humble because twice we are told she kept these things in her heart. She didn't brag or boast, but kept them close to her heart. When looking at John, it is so mind-boggling how God works. John, as well as the others, scattered when they arrested Jesus, left him abandoned. But Jesus is the only male disciple. But John, I'm sorry, is the only male disciple there at the foot of the cross. This is where he received mercy, grace, and a further charge. I find that amazing. Jesus didn't scold him, rebuke him, didn't throw cynical words at him, but extended forgiveness and love and gave him a huge duty, and that was to take care of his mother, to adopt her as his own. In this account with John, it is an assurance to us all that Jesus will forgive those who have walked away from him, but you need to get back to the cross to receive his forgiveness. Honor your father and your mother as Jesus did. When you are down and feeling pretty low, remember Jesus upon the cross. Follow his example and think of others. It truly helps to relieve your pain when you are not so focused on it. Praise God. And that completes chapter 4. I love you all so very much. I mean, I, I don't know about anyone else, but I, for one, needed to reread this. It just... It ignites uh, um, or restores or refreshes or stokes, I don't know how you want to put it, the fire that's in me to go back and 
read the words that Christ gave me, his precious Holy Spirit gave me to write these words. And, you know, sometimes, you know, just like I had read, you know, last night, sometimes we get so familiar with the cross that we become complacent, don't we? Oh my God, what a sad, sad place that is to be. Don't ever get that too familiar with the cross to where you don't think about it. Oh, I love you all so very much. Keep your eyes on Jesus, brothers and sisters. Your nose in the book, which is the Word of God, and embed the Word of God upon the tablets of your hearts so you will not sin against God or be deceived. Bye-bye.